and gentlemen, welcome to the Finger Guns podcast, episode 52. Last week I said that one was 52, but this one is actually episode 52. It's very difficult to keep track sometimes. My name is Roscoe, how are you doing? And I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello, sir. How are you, mate? Yeah, usual. Still up in the air with work, as I was last week. Still no change yet, so yeah, living the, living the limbo dream. <laughs> the limbo dream. Nice, I'm glad you're okay. Mr. Sean Davies. Hello, all you cool cats and kittens. How are you oh, doing? man, then never say that again. I'm guessing you've not watched Tiger King yet. I haven't watched Tiger King yet. You need to watch Tiger King. I know. People keep telling me. Um, because that would have hurt your ribs through okay. laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't get the reference. <laughs> you need to stay up, stay up to date on popular culture, you know? I'm watching The Mandalorian. That's close enough, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, which is yeah. which is also great. Was um, that was that was that four months ago at this point? Are we too late to the game on that one? Yeah, because every American's seen it to the death and spoiled it. And <sighs> thanks, Disney. Thanks, Disney. Disney. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mr. Paul Collett. Howdy, dude. Howdy, dude. Howdy, How are you? Dude. <laughs> I'll never say that again. You're right. I'm good. Thanks. Decorating, so I'm covered in dust. But other than that, it's all good. Decorating, so you're covered in dust. What are you dust? What are you decorating? Well, you have to sand everything down, don't you? I see. And I've got I've got plasterboard walls and and it just falls apart. I didn't really sand it, so uh, <laughs> Okay. Yes. And so I'm a bit that's why washing machine's going on some clean clothes, so uh, there you go. Okay. Is this what you're doing in your uh, isolation? Absolutely. I'll cancel my, my uh, two week holiday because I don't need it now, so I can do it now. Well oh, fair enough. Yeah. Or furlough, should we say. Indeed. Yes. And we do have a, a special guest with us this week. Now, if you listen to this podcast a fair bit, you'll know that we talk a lot about games such as Skyscrappers and Rico and how much we love them. Well, the guy joining us this week is the brain behind both of them, Mr. James Parker, ladies and gentlemen. Give him a big round of applause. Hello. Thank you very much. You're very welcome, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Uh, all things considered. Yes, indeed. How are you? Um, how is yourself and Ground Chatter uh, dealing with this, uh, this current situation? It's okay. We've um, we've been all working from our respective homes. Uh, we've been having a, a daily video chat in the mornings, catching up, doing admin and getting everyone together. And we have a, a little social drink and catch up on at the end of the week on Friday. And it's, yeah, I think it's it going okay considering. Uh, yeah, we're quite lucky in the the industry that we're in. We can uh, get away with working from home, and nothing has changed too dramatically, other than we. We don't get to see one another's faces constantly, which is a shame. Yeah, I mean, it, it must be a strange time uh, to be to be a game dev. Is there any any real kind of like difference in your day to day apart from not being able to see each other? No, not really. I think there's, and I, I, I it's not unique to games at all. I think everyone is just feeling that a kind of a general sense of weirdness that we're in a in a situation that no one's been in before, and you can't. And it's it's quite difficult to separate that off from. What you're doing in work, so yeah, just try and be kind of nice and friendly to everyone, and make sure everyone's being looked after and speaking to people, and kind of yeah, just try and make sure everyone's happy. Really, does that fall on you as uh, as the head honcho to keep everyone's spirits up? I, it doesn't fall on me exclusively. I I think I think the the team is good because we've been working together for a long time. Then uh, I think the slightly more experienced people are kind of nurturing the the newer people and. Making sure that everyone's got other members of the team that they can talk to is is important as well. That's good. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, fights in tight spaces, which was revealed what a couple of weeks ago now. Yeah, it feels like 
a decade ago but yeah it's yeah it's not <laughs> it's not been kind of out in the public consciousness for long it's yeah it was we had such a nice reaction to the the kind of the initial trailer video and the announcement and the kind of steam page going up um we had loads of press around it. it's the kind of the best launch best announce that we've we've done for a title ever i think just in terms of um people picking up on it and and just being excited by it like having a really strong reaction from from the press and from from real people saying this looks interesting and exciting and we want to see more so that's yeah it's been really nice grand what can you uh, what can you share and tell me about it because i i did a little write-up of it on the site and i watched the trailer and saw the gifts and i tried to try to explain it as best i could but to be honest i'm still a bit like what is this <laughs> that, and, and that's on me that's not on you at all but uh, if you could give a like a, a swift rundown of what fights and tight spaces is no that's fine so, <laughs> so the, the kind of elevator pitch of it is that it's a uh, a tactical fighting game with uh deck building uh but in the kind of theme of a jason statham action film so it's about making lots of decisions that make you feel like a cool badass action hero but playing cards a la slay the spire and kicking people out of doors a la into the breach so there's there's a, a range of different influences kind of across those different spectra so yeah it's just it, it's quite a compact game in terms of what we're trying to do with it but it's got all of this this depth in terms of how you can approach different situations it's about creating situations and fights in these confined quarters and that you as a player then can decide how you're going to approach them with the tools that you've got available and you have to balance your energy and the cards in your deck and the space around you um and you need to kind of work out what the enemy is going to do next and react accordingly so how many how many action films are you watching daily for research purposes probably not as many as i used to i think there was a we went through a long phase of i would i would speak to connie who who does our video stuff and marketing and what have you um and i'd say to her can you get me all of the footage you can find of people having fights in bathrooms or all the footage of people having the fights in backs of cars or helicopters or uh, stairwells all these different things so we could just kind of work out a good kind of move set i suppose for for the main character and how you can do interesting stuff in those well tight spaces yeah was um was did you watch oh it was uh the daredevil season two and the raid two any of your influences the raid two definitely i've i've seen quite a lot of daredevil and yeah they do some extraordinary fight choreography in that but yeah i've, I've loved both raid films and the the fact that raid two is is one of the kind of biggest and boldest action films the last 10 years and was filmed on a tiny budget it's kind of breathtaking in that sure. regard and they, they do so so many kind of interesting things in quite a short space of time it's it's an incredible film i mentioned those two films purely because uh daredevil 2 obviously has that one take staircase fight scene in uh, with the bikers yeah which, yeah. which kind of flew my, blew my mind and I, I believe it was raid 2 that had uh that toy uh fight in the toilet cubicle at the start yeah yeah, yeah, in the yeah. prison. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. Obviously tight spaces. I'd say the first raid was pretty good for that as well, wasn't it? What about Dread? I, I, we're going on to movies now, but if you, let's say, just looking at the trailer for uh, fights in tight spaces, things like Paul said, Raid and stuff like that, what other films have drawn towards it? There's also there's uh, things like On Back and uh, uh, yeah. like quite a lot of Jackie Chan stuff as well. It's kind of that that creativity comes into it. So we have um, we have some missions where you're, 
defending a character, but that character is not moving about or doing anything of their own accord. They are essentially cowering, and you can use your moves um, to shuffle them around the space. So you'll be grabbing oh, cool. them, moving them out of the way of attacks, bashing them into other people. So it's got those those kind of classic Jackie Chan films where he's handcuffed to someone and still fighting or kind of using his partner as a weapon in a way. So we, we do bits of that as well. So like the sort kind of body, of body comedy style stuff that he does. Yeah. So we have oh, cool. we have elements of of just trying to keep your existing moveset, but use it in in different ways to kind of keep things fresh. Oh, that's cool. So, Fights in Titan Spaces is a deck building fighting game. Rico, which is obviously one of our favorite games of all time, <laughs> is a <laughs> it's a first person shooter. And before that, it had skyscrapers. Mm-hmm. So. Ground Shatters, it seems like a studio that likes to try new things. Would you say that's correct? Yeah, maybe, possibly. I think they're all they're all quite kind of influenced by kind of me and the things I like. So they've all got that kind of over-the-top action element. But also the, the lineage, as far as the game is concerned, is kind of following my my kind of influences and likes kind of going through my life. So Skyscrapers is very much like the sort of stand-up arcade games I used to play when I went on holiday with my family down to Devon. And uh, Rico kind of has got a lot of Doom's DNA and those kind of games that I used to play cart with my friend over a, a null modem cable back in the day. So, And then this kind of moves a bit more up to the Monday and things like Into the Breach that I was playing that I was really kind of blown away by it as a game designer. So kind of carrying on that kind of over-the-top action, but kind of moving around the genres that's that's kind of some consistency there i suppose yeah it's all it is very you i i've followed you on twitter for a number of years now and your love of fa- of the fast and furious comes through and yep. good <laughs> and i think what as soon as i saw the the trailer for um fights entire spaces and you had the reload so the arm reload i think it was a gif from mm. paul um, and I thought I think I see a sort of bit of Matrix in there. It seemed, it's like it felt very very you. And this this time round, you're going with is it Mode Seven Games is publishing this time. Yeah, that's right. How did how did that come about? Well, that, that's been really good. So so Paul and Mode Seven uh, obviously responsible for Frozen Synapse and Frozen Cortex. So they've got a real kind of pedigree in terms of understanding that kind of tactics tight game and and the the market for strategy on pc and and console as well and it's yeah uh i've been friends with paul for for a long time and we pitched him rico and it wasn't quite the right fit but we stayed talking and then as soon as i had a kind of clear enough name and idea for the fights and tight spaces i sent him a twitter dm saying are you interested in a game that's a cross between into the breach Hoplite and the Jason Statham film and then sent him another DM saying this is not a joke and he was like yeah I, I definitely am that's uh let's talk about it more so sometime later I actually got a proper pitch together with a video and a and a bit of a pitch deck and said like this is what we're, we're trying to do are you interested and it was it was the the kind of fastest deal that I've done ever um so it was a really good fit in terms of what he could bring to the table and what we were we were hoping to do with the game so yeah it's been invaluable having him there as someone who's who's released a bunch of successful games in the genre and understand the market and yeah i'm hoping that all it'll do well for us both yeah and i think i think one of the, the things that immediately stands out about the game is is the art style how did you how did you come to that art style so obviously it's kind of detailed yet a very bold use of color 
and a, a very bold use of white space as well, I guess. Yeah, so we tried a lot of things. The very first pitch video we did used Rico assets. So it was a it was a bathroom fight, but we used the characters we had from Rico, and that was a, a purely kind of pragmatic decision that we had them we had those art assets around, the animators were understood to how the characters moved and their, their rigs and things, and we could quite quickly put together a video kind of showing intent. But then as as we went along, kind of having a, a realistic environment didn't quite suit and having realistic characters didn't quite suit the nature of a game where you're you're kind of constantly stopping and starting it needed to be a bit more abstract and actually so we we went through a series of of different art styles of various different abstractions and i think at one point i just said can we do it like the apple the old apple adverts which was like colorful backgrounds and then white silhouettes and dave our lead artist went let's not do that let's do something better than that uh so we went with these very stark <laughs> white environments but very bold colored characters and that that's ended up giving it a really strong look and it's really informed kind of how we go about things it's a very immediately appealing game because of um quite a lot of my friends that aren't gamer gamers you know that their whole call of duty and fifa crowd that uh, they've all commented on how good the look, game looks so uh, you might actually break them into a new genre. <laughs> well, that would be good. Yeah, I think it's it's the fact that it's striking means that we can draw people in a lot quicker. And and like you said at the top of the show, the um, kind of explaining what the game is takes a little bit longer. It's not Rico kind of didn't have an immediate rush of people when it came out going, oh, this looks amazing. We want to play it. But it's incredibly obvious what Rico is. You see the key art in it, some characters with guns. You go, this is a shooting game you see a video that says kick doors shoot men you know it's a game about kicking doors and shooting men you don't need to explain that anymore so actually with rico that's been very successful but because people kind of got it whenever they saw it they were like right this is a game i want to play whereas this i think we we need to pull people in immediately for them to go wow what tell tell me more about this and i think the art style engages them to learn more about what the game actually is and they can spend a bit more time kind of working those things out for sure but let's just talk about rico for a second rico i believe was the last ever game to be released by rising star games before they because they were bought by thunderful i think how is that for you because i i believe there was a bit of a weird situation going on where people didn't actually know what publisher rico was going to come out under for a little bit of time I think from our point of view, it was it was a pretty smooth transition. It was kind of business as usual. The stuff didn't change immediately, so we would we just had our heads down and were were finishing the game. So yeah, it's it's kind of one of those things you you kind of get used to when you've been making games for a long time that that people change and companies change. But yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of it was released under the Rising Star banner. I think it, at least partially because it had always kind of been a Rising Star game. It was part of their their kind of set of games that were coming out under that brand and uh yeah they were nice to work with good and and rico has now got dlc out um set yeah. in a prison yeah we released that a couple of weeks ago that's we've had a good reaction to that added some more guns some more enemy characters uh new level yeah just kind of i guess testing the waters a bit to see if people are still interested in more rico content and how's that gone so far <laughs> it's gone all right it's uh it's we've not had figures or anything so i don't know for sure Okay. But but we've definitely seen an uptick in people buying and playing Rico, so it suggests that a few people have either gone back to it or 
or seeing it's being updated and on gone to it for the first time. So yeah, it's, it seems to have done well for us. That's brilliant. I, I am very happy that Rico's done well because despite the fact that it kicked my ass continually for about a year and I streamed a lot of it and, and people, you know, called me crap because I couldn't aim and stuff, but it's fine. I got it done in the end. I finished a case <laughs> and um, it was... Finished a of, case. I finished a case. Yeah, but... <laughs> Both me and Ross, you know, we were playing it at the same time, and then he just ditched me and left me to do it on my own. So it was better that way. It's all Ross's fault. <laughs> my kind of thing with Rico, it, it was weird because I I remember wanting to play it like an action hero rather than you know play it tactically, if if you can even play sort of Rico tactically. But running around and sort of like defusing the bombs when they have like two or one seconds left, I would just kind of wait and sort of like just like pretend I'm in some sort of like John Woo slow motion and. You know, those those opportunities are really open in something like Rico. And I would say that's the right way to play it. Even if you lose. It's better Thanks, to, James. It's better to die a hero than just stand around a corner the whole time. Yeah, and I would I would watch Sean's uh, Sean's streams and Sean is a much, much better gamer than I am. And he's very methodical. And I remember watching him when he uh, when he finally finished that case and you'd think he would have won the lottery or something. It was such <laughs> a, like this overwhelming sense of relief. Um, yeah, that, that's what makes Rico so rewarding, I think. Yeah, one of the, one of the great things I like about about Rico is the fact that they have the the, the daily case, which is like a, a daily that everyone can have a go at and set a time at. And um, I, for about a week, tried to beat Connie, um, yeah. who who was who's the I think social media manager or something. I don't know what title is exactly, but she's a she's a ground shatter, and she was setting times that were at least thirty seconds quicker than my best time, and. It really made me think about the way that I was playing the game, <laughs> that I was playing it wrong. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, well, she, for a while she was the top scorer, and then um, Jeremy joined, who does uh, QA and does uh, music and audio as well. So when he was first in, he was testing the game for the for the update and then for the for the DLC. But he got very good at it very quickly, so he was setting insane scores on the um, on the leaderboards. Is there a bit of a friendly rivalry going on in the office now? I think there was, but I think there was a point at which Jeremy got so good that no one else bothered anymore. He well, kind of pr- he priced himself <laughs> out of the market. I think it's about time he set a new score for us, and we'll, we'll give it a go. That'll be fun. I'd like to see Sean back on Rico again. Yeah, back. Ah, ah, that? Four seconds. Ah, that's pretty much it. It's great. It's really entertaining. <laughs> we had so many complaints about the bomb timers um, before we did our we did the first update because people thought they were deeply unfair, which which they probably were. But it's, I think it lost something when it became possible to finish a case. Yeah, well, <laughs> Thank yeah, you. <laughs> yeah, when you can beat the game, it's not fun anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go, Sean. You can you can feel a little better about it now. Thank you. I wish I had been beaten a case before the update. I'll be honest, but there was no way I was going to do it. I was terrible at um, at finding the bombs and defusing them. I'd, I'd always end up running into the wrong room and. Uh, you know, going into rooms I'd already been in, it's terrible. Going back to Fights in Dark Spaces, do, do you, have you got an, a window that you're looking forward to releasing, or is that still too early to tell? Yes, uh, we're not, we don't have a firm slot yet. We kind of wait until it's it's properly cooked. Fair enough. We're still working hard on making it the, the kind of, the game that it needs to be, so I think we'll wait till, till we're sure that it's it's good and ready, and then we can start talking about where and when it's coming out. Great. But I need to talk to you about your Fast and Furious top five. Okay. Because it's absolutely abhorrent. Okay. I, I will have to check with my brain which is my top five. What's, what's your problem? I mean, well, everyone knows Fast Fast 7 is the best one. Yeah, agree. And then 
And then it just it went you went really early on them. It's like from oh, fast five God. to whatever it is now, you know, that's Fast and Furious begins at fast five. What? Yeah, I I broadly agree, but without the original Fast and Furious, you would have none of this. What what have I come into here? Well it's what when is, it's when you know it's when, it's when it's when the family became, you know, a band of superheroes rather than, you know, just street racers. The only good stole. one the only good one was the first one, and that was basically a remake of Point Break with Cars. Wow. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're whoa. definitely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that was my two cents. Now I'm going to go mute again. <laughs> I don't know. I remember being I remember being outraged by it. Can I remember your top five? Not right now. But I, it was just a it was a bugbear that I needed to bring up with you. The problem with mentioning it so much on Twitter as I do is that I now searching for it cannot find my definitive list. But I think I also I also must have done it as as a Google Drive document. <laughs> <laughs> An Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> right then, thanks, James. Let's go into uh, what we've been playing. Uh, James, have you been playing any video games recently, or are you just making them? I have mostly, when I have been playing games, been playing either Lair of the Clockwork God, which is Dan Marshall's excellent adventure comedy game, or I've been playing Call of Duty Warzone because I'm nothing if not diverse in my interests. <laughs> How are you finding Warzone? I've really liked it. I've it's the first. Battle Royale game where I've ever won a game, so that immediately helps. So I won a solos game a couple of weeks ago, and I was cock a hoop. Yeah, and it's I've I've always well since Call of Duty Four, the original Modern Warfare, I've been a big Call of Duty fan. So just the the gunplay and stuff I'm really familiar with, so it helps to have kind of that basis for playing for playing Warzone as well. And it's just I like the mechanics they've added. I like the Gulag stuff. I think it makes Lots of it makes a lot of sense, and it's it's good to play a game where you kind of understand what they've gone for. Yeah, it's huge. The map is enormous. I think that was the the first thing that I took from it because I've I've been very used to playing. Um, I'm a bit addicted to Fortnite, and I've been used to playing that, and I pretty much know my way around the map now. But Warzone, it feels like an entire level rather than just a map. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on. there's there's definitely bits of the map that I've not visited. I think so. Yeah, no, it's it is a a huge game. I know uh, Sean's been playing uh, Lair of the Clockwork God as well. Yes. I think you liked it as well, didn't you? Yeah, I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. I'm I'm about four or five hours in. I'm in the lair, and I think I've just done my second RAM chip part. Okay, yeah. And I don't think I've laughed at a game as much as I have at, at this in probably since, like, Monkey Island or, or like, one of the old LucasArts classics, because, like, there's just... It's so funny, but also very smart. And, yeah, I've been blown away by it. I want to finish it because I want to review it because I, I think more people definitely should be taking a look at it. But, yeah, it's just finding the time at the minute. But, it, yeah, I haven't been doing that too. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely recommended uh, from us here at Finger Guns. Paul, good sir. What have you been playing this week, if you have been playing? <laughs> oh, well, yeah, as usual, um, my list is quite small due to various everything but i i turned on uh far cry 5 again uh last night yeah. last night night before and nice. uh i love that game really love it i hated it when i first played it i'm not quite sure why but i bought it again because it's cheap and i absolutely love it it's the only game that i can actually play and walk to waypoints whatever normally I have to get in a car or can't wait to get there because it's just long and slow but for some reason in Far Cry 5 I just like to take a walk <laughs> it's so pretty nice it's because you can't currently go outside so you enjoy the uh, the, the sunshine of <laughs> well uh, not, not so much given the current situation I, I, I was doing it when I first started playing it um, like 
few months back. I don't know. It's just it's just really, it's quite nice. You know, once you've uh, cleared the map, most of the map of the bad guys, and there's not so many around, you can just sort of take a nice walk. It's a very strange thing to do in a video game, but uh, I quite enjoyed it. So, um, nice. and it's beautiful. It yeah, I need to get onto a New Dawn and see what it looks like when it's all destroyed. Oh man, New Dawn! Have you beaten Bargrave Five yet? Uh, not yet. I've got one. Uh, I'm on my last last zone. It's the one with all the kind of trippy, trippy bits. I'm dreading it because I hate them. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I'll post it. Well, yeah, finish it first before we play New Dawn for sure. Excellent. All right. Um, yeah, New Dawn. I still haven't beaten New Dawn. That last level just kicks my ass every time. Um, what, as a good what reminder, is New Dawn exactly. I don't even know what it is. Really, I can't matter. really. I can't really tell you until you finish Far Cry Five. It leads on straight from the ending, so I will. Uh, I will wait until then. Greg, what have you been playing this week? Well, inspired by Ryan last week, I have downloaded Near Automata again. Oh, but I, I had it on PS4, didn't get into it, traded it, but now it's on Game Pass. I've started giving that a go. I've already retraced some of the steps I've done prior, so nothing new yet. But yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going in with a bit more open-mindedness, quite enjoying the combat, because it, it is a platinum game, isn't it? So uh, that's always good fun. So I've been playing that. And as it comes as no surprise, I played and finished Resident Evil 3. Yeah, I remember you mentioning this game. Yeah, I was kind of looking forward yeah. to it. <laughs> How is the overall reaction? I don't want to ask too long because you've got your review coming, but... Yeah, I mean, um, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the cliff notes of, of the review. Yeah, it's it's good, but there's a massive, massive asterisk overlying it. And it's not just to do with the the length of the, the, the story, which doesn't do it any favours, because it is, I don't want to say ridiculously short, it's not like The Order, where it was just follow the set piece and done but there are hints of that and I, I don't think it's ever a good sign to compare a game to the order but yeah it's, it's good I mean, it looks amazing and the gunplay's still there and it's more action focused like the original was compared to resident evil 2 but it's like they've they've had to rejig what they were doing with it because and i'm not going to go into too much too much depth of it but the nemesis in the original was only in sort of scripted areas i mean he could go through some doors but he wouldn't follow you everywhere so obviously, last year's Mr. X took from that and could follow you pretty much anywhere in the campaign, bar like save route or anything like that, or some puzzle rooms. But yeah, he was just relentless. So if they did it again for Nemesis, everyone would just go, oh, it's the same engine, it's the same concept as, as Mr. X from last year. So they've kind of reduced him to the occasional firefight, which you kind of get used to when you can get the dodge mechanic and you've got a bit more ammo out of the way and you can... Like the original, you, you can down him and get some, some goodies for doing so. But the rest of it is just scripted pieces of running away. And it just really cheapens the experience. So instead of being like, uh, yeah, I mean, when he, when he occasionally bursts through a wall and you can like fight or flight, then yeah, that's a little bit tense. But other times, and it's like, you've done a puzzle in what minimal puzzles there are. And then it's like, oh, here he comes. Oh, okay, I'll just run from this one, shall I? And it becomes a little bit stale in that regard. But otherwise, yeah, it's a fantastic game. But there's not a lot of endgame content for for anyone who isn't an invested Resident Evil player. Like, for me, there's the shop, and you can... I mean, it's not really spoiling it, because that was in the original, but, like, there's the shop where you can buy things. And you, it used to be you buy points that you've earned in the Mercenaries game. This time, it's, it's points earned doing challenges in the main game. So, like, killing so many enemies, so many enemies with different types of weapons, uh, shooting a certain amount of hats off of zombies and such because the hunters aren't going to be wearing them. And then you can use those points to buy outfits, infinite weapons. So it kind of takes away from me being able to, like I did with last year's one, of spending a couple of real-life quid to earn the, the secret weapons. So it means I've actually got to 
grind my way through the game now. And that, that to me is fine because I still will go back to... Res- <laughs> you actually got to play the game to earn I've them. actually got to earn them, just like in the old oh days. God, man. I know, oh. I know. And there are, <laughs> there are a few more difficulties to unlock as well. So there's like, you start with assisted, standard and hardcore. And then when you finish hardcore, which I haven't done yet, you then unlock one called Nightmare or there's another one and then Nightmare or Nightmare then something else. And yeah, the, the repetition is there for the hardcore fans to go through. And I'm sure we will start seeing like knife-only speedrun suit and stuff like that. So it's there for people that are committed fans of the series, but if you just if you just one of these people that likes, I've got a friend who will buy a game, finish the story, and then be done with it. He he'll do it with any kind of game, open world, uh, whatever. Really, like, he he bought Horizon Zero Dawn and just did the main missions and was done. So he didn't get like the the extra armor or anything like that. He just done and then he trades it in. So for example, him to, to spend fifty quid on that is going to be a bit of a waste for like a six hour game. I mean, it's more or less six hours. It depends on how long you want to take to explore things but for a veteran of the series then yeah they're going to get their money's worth because they will make sure they get their money's worth so i mean that they'll put the hours in yeah but um yeah that's that's been most of my weekend in between working wacky shifts oh and also um because i realized i can play games on my laptop i've also been playing the messenger which is fantastic yes and ape out and ape out which is also fantastic but i didn't get very far in that because i kept dying I'm stuck on one, you know that last corridor you get at the end of a mission? I'm stuck yeah. on one level and it's got like a few of the bomb suit guys who can just get in a fucking bin. And I keep <laughs> I keep timing it wrong, so I'll throw somebody near them and they'll shoot them. And I'm like, crap, I can't grab the bomb guy because someone will shoot him. But I can't get close enough to shove him away. It's oh, it's, a, it's definitely a thinking, thinking man's giant ape game. Yeah, which is crazy when it's just a gorilla killing people. Yeah, incredible so tactical. good though. Yeah, so good. great. Uh, Sean, what have you been playing this week, sir? I've been playing the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered campaign. Yes. That's a thing that exists. And it is. It's a good remaster. You know, it's, it's a good it's a good spit shine. It's the same game. In fact, at one point, it just felt like really comfortable slippers. I was lying down on the floor waiting for an enemy to run into my crosshairs because I'd done it hundreds of times before. And there he was in my crosshairs. So it just it just feels like a, the same game, just how you remember it, and that's great. I'm not going to moan about the lack of multiplayer because honestly, I didn't like Modern Warfare 2's multiplayer. I thought it was broken, so <laughs> I'm not going to moan about that. And yes, if you, if you if you liked Modern Warfare 2's campaign, it's here and it's shiny and it's not not ugly anymore. Uh, last week I mentioned the complex, but stopped short of giving an opinion. Uh, Toby's review's up, which went up on Monday. And it's basically an FMV game about sci-fi nanobots in people's bodies. And it's pretty cool. And I've I've had a lot of fun with it. I've been trying to get, I'm going to get a platinum trophy for it. It's just a couple of branches of the story I still want to do. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's, the acting is great. The choices matter. It's, it's another FMV game. If you like those games, it's worth a look. I've been playing Real Heroes Firefighters, which originally released on the Wii in like 2006 or something like that. It's a firefighting game where you point and shoot a fire with water to put the the fires out in like a first-person shooter game. And it's loads better than it sounds, but it's still not great. (laughs) Because it's still most definitely a Wii game, which is like, it's not on rails, so you can definitely, you know, navigate all these burning buildings and stuff. And it has... It, it it basically is like a Jason Statham film if Jason Statham was a firefighter. So this is probably <laughs> right up James's alley. Oh, but... there's a picture right there. <laughs> it's got crazy one-liners, just like 
you can see that they were trying to go for the B-movie action flick feel because like at one point you're in a museum putting out fires and then you end up in the astrology department and the sun falls from the ceiling covered in fire then rolls into the dinosaur department and then the guy goes you need to go and put the fire out on those dinosaurs before this sun makes it extinct and it's like oh god oh no that is a statham line right there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then one of your objectives is fight the star and this is when you have like a mini boss battle against a, a sun that's on fire from the astrology department and it literally spits fire at you directly at you it's like it's definitely not a firefighting simulator but uh yeah it's it's a bit of fun so it, it's cheap on the playstation store so it's up to you guys i've been playing the case book of arcady smith which came out <laughs> PS. i know i know i know another game that's like what where did this come from I, I get the feeling that it's released on the PS4 before it was supposed to, because it's up on the PS4 now and it doesn't come out on PC until the 14th of April, which is like the complete reverse of what normally happens with the game releases. You normally see them on PC and then console a bit later on. But yeah, this this is a very hands-off sci-fi open-world detective game where you play as Arcady Smith and you... The game literally drop, just drops you into this open world and then doesn't explain anything and you just got to go and solve crimes. And it would be fine if they had fast travel or something, but the game, the, the map is massive and there's nothing in it. So, it, you know, a, a case where you're actually doing 10 minutes worth of detective work takes two hours. It's ridiculous. But there'll be a review up on that on the website if you want my full thoughts in the morning. So today when you're listening to it. And lastly, I played about half an hour of Power Wash Simulator, which is... Oh, nice, from uh, Future Lab. Yeah, Future Lab's new one. They they decided to release their demo on itch.io, or however they pronounce it. So I downloaded it this morning, had a, a quick blast. And it, it's fun. You know, it's it's got that whole uh, house flipper style feel to it, where you're basically cleaning... It, it, like, the level that I played was like a dirty house. And you just go around the outside blasting all the dirt off this house. And ridiculously therapeutic. And I think there's potential there. So good luck to him with that. It it sounds it, it feels like it could be something good. So that's been that's been my week. How about you, Ross? Fortnite by any chance? <laughs> yeah. Um I haven't played Fortnite. I've unlocked Deadpool. That's exciting. Well done. Thank you very much. It's kind of funny to run around as Deadpool because it was a free skin that you unlocked over seven weeks. And now of course Everyone is Deadpool. So you'll jump yeah. into a team and everyone's got the Deadpool skin. You'll you'll be shooting Deadpool. I don't know if that was kind of the point of it, because Deadpool, you know, as, as a character, you know, takes over things and does things his own way. So maybe it was kind of some sort of meta idea, but it is very funny. I'm now no longer the Deadpool skin because I just can't take it anymore. Too it much feels... of a good thing, was it? Yeah. I mean, uh, the yacht that's in the map has now been taken over by Deadpool, and that's very fun. You go in there, there's lots of Deadpool paintings, there's a dance floor in there now, and it's quite entertaining. But of course, the morning that Deadpool launched, everybody was there. And so I went to land on the yacht, and it was a stupid thing. I should have waited until the next day. But I, I swear, at least 45 people there landed straight at the same time. And there's only about seven or eight chests over there, so it was absolute carnage. And I lasted about about 30 seconds, I think. But that was fun. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, Epic, Epic don't do these things by halves. You know, there's Deadpool has really kind of taken over this event, and it's it's very entertaining. But yeah, it's maybe maybe too much Deadpool. I don't know if that even could be a thing. So uh, basically, playing... it's, it's a com- it's a comic book convention. 
to yeah, Deadpool. Yeah. yeah, everyone's Deadpool. It's a comic book convention. Pretty much. If you find Deadpool himself and and, and take him down, you you can uh, steal his pistols, which is quite cool, and they're incredibly powerful. So that's always fun. I've been playing In Other Waters by uh, Jump Over the Age. My review of that is up now. You should probably go and check it out because this game is just a masterpiece. Um, it's my first ten out of ten in about a year and a half, and I absolutely love it. I don't think many games don't make me feel this way. I said in the review, it was like very similar to Night in the Woods, that in that way. And you guys know how much I love Night in the Woods. Mm-hmm. And when I finally beat Another Water, it took me a long time to get my head around it because it is, like I said last week, it is a text adventure, essentially, with nothing visually to really stimulate you. But you just got to have to kind of like keep, it, keep your mind on it and then it becomes a really fascinating, beautiful story. And... By the end of it, I was like, wow, that was really quite something. And over like the course of the day before I wrote the review, I couldn't stop thinking about it, about how something that was so kind of like visually there, but drew me in like that. You know, it was really quite amazing. And I felt like I didn't really have a lot of control over the game. You know, you can direct, you, you, play, the, you play as the AI of a deep sea diver and you don't really control you. You tell them where to go and what to do. You give them power and you give them, you know, health and things. But that's that's about it. But for some reason, you feel really connected. And as you explore this underground, this underwater level, she's on an alien planet. And so she's discovering life at the same time. And it's just fascinating. And I can't believe how great it is. And I'm looking forward to playing through it again very, very soon. And I've also been playing uh, Modern Warfare 2, which I, can't, I sort of agree with you, Sean. It's a weird kind of like soft blanket of a video game suddenly isn't it it's very strange i remember there was a very weird moment yesterday where i was playing through it and um, no russian began and i sort of forgot that that was there it was it seemed like a long time ago that no russian happened and all the controversy around it and it came on and i was like said out loud oh it's no russian forgetting the context of what that <laughs> level is <laughs> completely um oh dear Oh, no Russian. How sweet. Oh, yeah, I remember what I have to do in this level. Yeah, that's bad. Okay. <laughs> but it was weird. I had this, this really strange nostalgia hit when uh, when No Russian came out, which was really weird. No, it's great. It plays beautifully, and it feels like a modern Call of Duty with a uh, very classic modern sort of like uh, modern warfare storytelling. You know, the, the story of Ghost. You know, it's always the... I think it's the best one, in my opinion. And, yeah, it's great. I'm glad that that was the one that they chose to remaster. Um, hopefully, the third one is next. That'd be cool. And I've also been playing Animal Crossing, and Animal Crossing at the moment is driving me insane. It's one of those games that I love it, I'm addicted to it, I'll, I'll play it forever. But at the moment, the Bunny Day event is on, and so it's all very Easter egg themed, and you have to acquire Easter eggs in order to build your stuff. But there's just, just too many of them, and they take over other things that you want to build. So I can be chopping down a tree, and there'll be eggs in it. I'll, I'll go fishing, and eggs will come out. You shoot things from the sky eggs are in them you, you break stones eggs are in them it's just sean it's just too much eggs man it's only been five days there's been another there's another, another seven days of this yeah that that's the <laughs> everybody on twitter is currently saying 50 percent of my inventory is eggs and they've had enough of eggs egg day could go and do one. Oh, i completely agree and there's a lot of it to go yet and so i've built everything i can with the eggs because they're everywhere and so i've just got to wait it out now <laughs> just sort of wait for it to be over but uh you know it's still awesome and kk slider turned up to my island 
yesterday. That was an amazing moment. We all kicked back and had a concert with the with the man himself. So that was really cool. So yeah, a nice uh, nice varied uh, stuff. I highly recommend checking out In Other Waters on Switch and PC if you want something different, something to kind of like meditate your mind because it's uh, it's pure relaxation and it's wonderful. Yeah, uh, right, firework vibe to it kind of thing. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I, I see where you sort of went with that. Firewatch is very chill, isn't it? And very kind of uh, yeah, it's very chill. It has this, yeah, it has this story that sort of drags you in, doesn't it? it? Draws you in, and you just keep on playing, playing. Even though you're not really doing that much, it's just, you're just traveling along the story, and it just keeps you fascinated. Yeah. You've got to give it. You've got to give it a minute because, as I said, visually there's nothing really to look at. You know, right. it, you're just you're just an AI, so you can't see your character or the world around you. You're seeing, you know, code essentially, and you have no, to just build around that. And it's yeah, it's really interesting. So yeah, I recommend that. It's uh, it, it's fantastic, and I'm looking forward to people trying out. Uh, right then, let's move on to time for the quiz. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies. It's time for the quiz. Well done. Yeah. Oh, I was just. I was just um, James obviously Budget. doesn't know what's going on, so I was just making it plainly obvious. <laughs> Budget's gone. <laughs> I'm, I'm very much looking forward to this quiz. Okay. Oh boy. Here we go. Welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Um, this week, and before you all say Greg Bias, you just wait for the questions first. Okay. This quiz is all about Capcom. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you having a laugh? Quick bias. Right, you just wait for the questions oh, first, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, if you've never played this quiz before, I'm going to ask the guys 10 questions. They're all going to write down their answers towards the end of the podcast. And we're going to get the answers and see who won. Uh, Greg is currently way out in front, closely followed, <laughs> closely with like four wins is Ross. And then Paul's pulling up the rear. And I, I imagine if James actually beats Paul, with Paul, I'm going to give him bonus points. That so he actually sits on the leaderboard above Paul to give Paul more motivation. <laughs> Time <Okay>. hard. <laughs> so, um, are you guys ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. Yes, sir. Right. Let's do this. Okay. So, question one: The name Capcom comes from a clipped compound of two words. Is it Capsule Computers, Capsule Communication? Or capsule commercials. So, question one: the name Capcom comes from a clipped compound of two words. Is it capsule computers, capsule communication, or capsule commercials? Okay. Question two. Question two, what was the name of Capcom's first ever video game? Was it A, 1984, B, Sonson, or C, Volgus? And question two, what was the name of Capcom's first ever video game? Was it A, 1984, B, Sonson, or C, Volgus. 
Swanson was like the little Monkey King style one, wasn't it? I didn't do enough homework. I don't know. And you say it's not Greg Five. (laughs) (laughs) Question three. What is the high-selling Capcom published game of all time? Question three. Is that the highest-selling cupcake game? Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start that one again. Question three. What is the highest-selling Capcom published game of all time? I know it was. I got beaten by something shit. Not something shit. I mean something. I was going to say, I'm sure it's... It must be something good for it to sell that many units. I mean, I mean, shit, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> well, I actually think this question was on the previous quiz. Or something ask, similar. Ask me what their second highest selling game was. No. No. Okay. Question four. What is the working title of the unreleased game that Capcom announced during the PlayStation 4 reveal event all the way back in 2013. So question four, what is the working title of the unreleased game that Capcom announced during the PlayStation 4 reveal all the way back in 2013? You dropped the uh, multiple choice thing very early. Yeah, Uh, for some... It's coming back, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, Henry. Oh, okay, uh, question five. Which Capcom side-scrolling game starred a main character who had extendable appendages that came in useful when moving from one platform to the next? In question five, which Capcom side-scrolling game starred a main character who had extendable appendages that came in useful when moving from one platform to the next? I've got one. Yes! <laughs> and the Lord. Mm. Ooh. It's not what I'm thinking. Oh, fuck it. Okay. Question 6. A game being developed by Capcom as the spiritual successor to Arcade Shoot'em Up Gunsmoke before being cancelled was purchased, revived and released as what other game? Was it A. Red Dead Revolver B. Desperados or C. Call of Juarez So question six, a game being developed by Capcom as the spiritual successor to Arcade Shoot'em Up Gunsmoke before being cancelled was purchased, revived and released as what other game? Was it A. Red Dead Revolver, B. Desperados or C. Call of Juarez? Juarez. That's not the answer, (laughs) it's just a funny word. Okay. Question 7. Which of the following side-scrolling beat-em-ups wasn't published by Capcom? Is it A. Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, B. Double Dragon, or C. The Punisher? 
And question seven, which of the following side-scrolling beat-em-ups wasn't published by Capcom? Was it A, Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, B, Double Dragon, or C, The Punisher? The Punisher is this quiz. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anyone's having fun on this one. I'm not. No, this one was me feeling very spiteful. Having <laughs> liars. All of you liars. <laughs> okay, uh, question eight. In Capcom's Resident Evil, Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine were part of which star's team? Was it Alpha or Bravo? Wow. Question 8. In Capcom's Resident Evil, Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine were part of which star's team? Was it Alpha or Bravo? You might as well ask me. Son of the Hedgehog has a orange fox friend. What's his name? Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Un-friggin-believable. What makes you think I know it? Because you just do. Okay. Question nine. Name two Street Fighter characters that are able to do the Hadouken ability. Oh, God, finally. Question nine. Name two Street Fighter characters that are able to do the Hadouken ability. There are five. I think I'll keep that simple. <laughs> Don't try and show off. Whatever you do. <laughs> no, I'm really not. Trust me. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and finally, question 10. Name three of the famous Capcom 5 video games which were announced for the Nintendo GameCube in 2002. Oof. Name three of them. Name three. Each one gets you a point. Jesus. I can think of one. So question 10. Name three of the famous Capcom 5 video games which were announced for the video game... for the, the Nintendo GameCube in 2002. Do I get more if I name more than three? Nope. Ah, oh, you suck. Do I get a bonus point for getting two? You get <laughs> what? You get yes. two points. So you yes. get you get a point for everyone you get right out of the three. Wicked. Interesting. <laughs> oh wait, there's yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, he's just got his search results. I'm just, I'm just, I'm not thinking, I'm just thinking of like games that were released by Capcom on the GameCube in, in its entire life cycle. I don't know if they count. So you can do, that's what I've done. But I might have done it super special. So I'm getting a bonus point for just having one answer. Well, I'm so happy. <laughs> okay. Uh, thank you, Sean. Uh, a pleasure, I think. Thank you, Sean. That was, uh, <laughs> that was tough. We had a guest on. You could have, you could have went a little bit easy. I did. This, this... <laughs> <laughs> I, I made the multiple choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's move on to uh some news and unfortunately the biggest news of the week is we are dealing with some more delays most of them expected but unfortunately we do have to talk them out because they are rather big this week playstation revealed that iron man vr and a small game by naughty dog called the last of us part two are going to be delayed indefinitely due to complications with the coronavirus now there's not a lot really to go on. They, there's been no real big changes in the release date. All we know is that they've been delayed. Just that's it. 
and it has caused a bit of a storm online, a lot of it unwarranted as ever with these things. So let's uh, get into it a little bit. Uh, Sean, did you see any of the reaction to The Last of Us Part 2 being delayed? Um, I've yeah. seen none of this like um, for Iron Man, which is a bit odd. But um... I've seen, I'm, I'm in a PSVR group on Facebook and people were a little bit disappointed, but they kind of understood the situation. But that's not the same as, as The Last of Us 2, is it? Because everyone's crazy. Everyone's literally lost their minds. <laughs> just, a lot of, just a lot of angry people that need to really reassess their life choices. It's a game delay. You know, you don't need to call down the wrath of God upon the developers. It's fine. In other words, it's the the game will come out. This apparently this isn't anything to do with the fact that the the studio is being less productive while working from home. So they're still pulling twenty four hour shifts at home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but it's it's it, we everyone expected it. You know, yeah, don't get bent out of shape of it. It'll come eventually, and it'll be fine. So everybody needs to calm down. Yeah, I mean, is there there's there's really nothing that they could have done. Um, I think there's a big call for, you know, this is not something that we support at all, but there's a big call for the game to be released digitally only, which as much as you try to explain that to people, financially, that isn't going to work for someone as big as Sony and Naughty Dog. No, it's the, the damage that that would likely do to retail in general. You know, that's the, the probability is between Final Fantasy VII Remake and The Last of Us, you know, those are two massively selling games that might keep GameStop and Game afloat this year. And you know, <laughs> it's not it's not just the digital sale. It's you know, Sony are looking at it as a as an ecosystem wise. You know, it's going to be difficult for them to make the copies. It's going to be difficult to get them in shops, and then it's going to be even more difficult for the shops to sell them. It doesn't make sense. Just just wait, just wait. It, digitally, I mean, it doesn't make sense. There's so many people in this world that won't be able to play that game that want to if it just releases digitally and everyone has to wait. And it's just selfish. Stop it, Pooh. Just, just stop. Just wait, for God's sake. <laughs> You've all got piles of shame. Go into that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, James, I wonder if you could sort of from a developer's perspective kind of give us some uh, kind of insight into this because Naughty Dog, in my opinion, were quite frank and upfront about the situation. But they still, regardless, received a kind of like a ton of backlash. I mean, as a as a developer presenting bad news to an audience, is there one a good or a bad way to do it? Is there like there's only one way of saying it, or is there a way to kind of like do it without softening the blow so much? I, I, <clears throat> I think for something like this, where it was so obviously something out of their control, there's the people who are going to get bent out of shape are going to get bent out of shape regardless, because you get people on the internet who are heavily invested in a thing, which is which is fair enough. That's 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 kind of what we want to do as developers is to say, come invest your your heart into what we're we're putting out there, and then people get upset when they don't get what they want when they want yeah a lot of them express that in very unreasonable ways but i think for something like this you've just got to go ahead and say this is it's not going to happen because we're living in a in a world that is very different from when we announced the game i think if it had been a, another delay because they had to do uh, put more development time into it then that's a different thing and the messaging for that is going to be very different but for something that is entirely circumstantial and based around kind of the real practicalities of getting a finished game into shops. And like you say, there's almost certainly contractual reasons why they can't do it as well. They can't just release the digital game and then tell retail, oh, well, we can't we can't send you any copies of the game. It's just not something that they'll be able to do or, or is very sensible to do or is very kind of moral to do. So, yeah, I think they were in a, in a tough situation and they just did what they had to do. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's only one way of doing it, isn't there? It's just saying, look, this is the situation. There's nothing we can do about it. And... The game will come out when it comes out. I mean, there's no, they can't, they can't give out a delay because there's no time 
limit on, on this situation. Yeah, I mean, and... I didn't, I didn't cry when they delayed Fast and Furious Nine. Well, I did cry, but I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't post you on did. the internet. <laughs> yeah, so everyone's having to make sacrifices. It is a shame. I mean, it was close, but of course, the situation as it is, The Last of Us is going to be an enormous game, and they have to release it. Right, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that would have invested a lot of money into this game already, whether buying the game itself or buying special editions or buying those limited edition collectible boxes that were only in America. You know, there's there's a lot to consider. And uh, Greg, have you got any uh, thoughts on this? Is there is there any way for a developer and a publisher to get the news across without this kind of turmoil to go through in comment sections? Oh God, no! You'll never please everyone, and it's just, it's the same thing that's been happening with uh, Final Fantasy VII. You know, people are getting theirs early. A friend of mine has had his early. And that's just impartial lottery, I suppose. But there's people crying already going, release it digitally. Why do, Why can't they do it now? Because I imagine Square have put quite a lot into advertising and marketing for that 10th of April release date. And it's just fortunate enough that people have had theirs early. I mean, I said this last week, didn't I, about maybe a lot of these companies want to get them out in case a lockdown halts the postal service. That means people that have ordered physical get lucky. But it's just people commenting, like you look at uh, like the Final Fantasy Twitter or, or even the hashtag Final Fantasy 7, people going, I've got mine already. And there's people whinging at these particular people because they haven't, they can't play the digital copy yet or theirs hasn't turned up in the post. So anytime that you give anyone the internet and the platform to moan, they're going to moan anyway. But with The Last of Us, it's, it's just, it's, it's tragic, but it's also not unexpected because people are just acting entitled. I mean, showing our ages, but do you remember when... Do you remember like when, when obviously we used to work in retail and something was coming out and it might get put back a week and we're like, ah, oh, I'll wait a week now. Distribution or whatever, you know, something's delayed it for a week and they're polishing it. Yeah. Whereas because we're now in, in an era where people can, or publishers can put out a game and if it's broken, people can go, oh, well, I've got mine. I can wait for a patch. Now that that's, now the games are more readily available, it's that double-edged sword. And now that they are more readily available, as soon the moment something gets put back, just the entitlement comes out. Why can't I have mine early? Well, I don't care that they're working 14 hours a day from home on limited capacity. They can still release it digitally. They can still put it out for me. And it's like, have a fucking bit of compassion. Like, there is a global pandemic we should be worrying about. Just get a, yeah. get a perspective on things. Like, yeah, I mean, I would be annoyed if Resident Evil got delayed. But I'd also go, oh, bollocks. Fine. Uh, when Cyberpunk? You know, that was supposed to be out last month. September. Oh, fine. Mm. Whatever. Roll with it. I didn't immediately go online and start slinging mud at people. I, I would obviously... I felt inclined go oh that's annoying but it's not aimed at anyone that's just a oh it's the way it goes yeah so I just think to take it out on people publishers developers is just uh, well it's, it's never it's a trend that's never going to stop if, if there's a platform for people to do it they will do it poor Neil Druckmann yeah god that guy's Twitter is unbelievable <laughs> patience that man has is I mean is it, just... it could be worse he could be Randy Pitchford <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I wasn't going to get into that this week. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to get some yeah, good news out, but in all in all the things in life, he could be Randy Pitchford or Doug Tenmaple. Yeah. So you know, <laughs> in other news, Randy Pitchford still sucks. All right, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I think that covers everything. Uh, yeah, Paul, have you got any uh, thoughts on this? I just find it really funny. Do you remember like last year when all these like, games got announced and then released dates, and last included, we were going, "Oh my God, how are we going to afford all these games? They're releasing too close together, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And now, obviously, they've been delayed, and everyone's moaning about it. And I mean, I just, uh, you can never please gamers or gamers in inverted commas. And, you know, I'm, I'm with Greg, it, you know, it's been delayed, big deal. You know what I mean? You know, stars are colliding and planets are being born out there. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't matter. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it's wow. Galaxy Brain. 
Galaxy Brain Ball. Jesus. <laughs> I, t- I, t- <laughs> Sorry, I just looked at my tattoo. It's got planets. And I thought, oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. <laughs> there you go, guys. In the vastness of the universe, none of this matters. Exactly. <laughs> We're the only planet on Earth that has The Last of Us 2, so let's be grateful. <laughs> Right then, uh, let's move on to the BAFTA winners. The BAFTA Video Games uh, Awards were this week. And it was quite funny. I don't know if any of you watched it, but it was, it was just a pre-recorded thing. Uh, Dario Breen in his amazing spare room, dressed up in a tux, talking the uh, talking to the winners. And it was a quite an entertaining watch, really. And some of the winners I thought were quite surprising. If you remember a few weeks back, we went through the nominations and what we thought should win and what we wanted to win. And it's safe to say that we got most of them wrong because that's what happened. We, we that... wouldn't be finger guns if we uh, if we were good at this, would we? <laughs> uh, right. So I'm I'm just going to run through them uh, very quickly. If anyone wants to uh, chip in with a hey, they deserve it or girl, that deserve it, that would be awesome. So we'll start with um, animation, and that went to Luigi's Mansion Three from mm-hmm. uh, Nintendo, obviously. Beat out Death Stranding and Sinner of Wild Hearts. Uh, Sean, I know you're a big fan of Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah, I'm not though, am I? No. Yeah, you're no. not. Yeah, no. <laughs> I have no qualms with the game actually existing. It's just the fact that people seem to think it's a lot more, a lot better than I found it to be, which is fine. It's to their own. I don't think it deserved that at all. But you know, it's to their own. You see what I That's... said? You give people a platform, and I moan about things. That's exactly. <laughs> you give me a platform, and I'm going to moan about it. <laughs> how? How did? How did? Never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> how did it beat Control and Death Stranding? Who knows? But oh, happened. God. Does... Oh, he set him off now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's move on. Um, artistic achievement. This is one I think we can get behind. Uh, was given to Sayonara Wild Hearts, uh, which is just a beautiful thing. game. Yep. Beautiful game. Mm. Up against things like Concrete Genie and Disco Elysium, Nights and Bikes. So, well done, Samogo and Annapurna. What a brilliant game. Audio achievement went to Ape Out. Now that I've played it, I can kind of agree with that because I was I was really digging the soundtrack. I was I was well. I'm not going to say where I was playing it because it'll probably get me in trouble. But I said to <laughs> someone who was sat next to me and I said, "Check this out. I'm playing a game as a giant ape, and the music is that. And as soon as you start doing anything, it's just like it's it's not off tempo jazz, but it's 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 so well done every time you do something in the game. So it's everything synchronized up. Do you know what do you know what it really reminded me of? The mask. No, the mask. You know what mask. Yeah, the soundtrack, the bit in Coco Bongo when he starts dancing and the music kicks up is that that Hey Pachuco song. It really reminded me wow. of that, just that off-tempo jazz beat thing, and then you start throwing people around and punching stuff everywhere. And I was really enjoying it until I kept dying. If if Hotline Miami did did wonders for synthwave, then Ape Out is like that little lesser-known like jazz drum sort of market, and I absolutely loved it. So yeah, I think that's that's a worthy win. Cool. British game went to Observation. Another win for Devolver over Heaven's Vault, Knights of Bikes, Planet Zoo, and Total War. Well, my uh, buddy Devolver. Your buddy Devolver. Yeah. <laughs> Devolver hates Greg. It's a fun story. Oh, they, it's, it's they, on one they, of the old they sassed me because I, I, I was one of those very few people that said Metal Wolf Chaos sucked. And it does. It sucks. <laughs> and they called me out uh, on it. <laughs> yeah, uh, nice work to uh, No Code and Observation. Debut game went to Disco Elysium for Zayum. Now, I haven't played this yet because it's on PC and my laptop wouldn't run it, obviously. Anyone, everyone happy with Disco Elysium? Yeah, from what I've, what I've heard and seen of my brother playing it, I, I'd vouch for that. Cool. Evolving game. Uh, one of those games that goes on forever and ever. Uh, up against Apex Legends, Destiny, Fortnite, No Man's Sky. Path of Exile took the bat, uh, which I think is, is probably a big surprise. Yes. 
Cool. Um, Thank you for that. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm honestly going to give Path of Exile a go now because, like, I, I genuinely didn't. I thought I've heard nobody talking about how Path of Exile, whereas I hear people talking about Final Fantasy and Apex and Fortnite all the time. So it's just uh, interesting. And I think it, BAFTA's always a, a place that doesn't seem to. It doesn't matter about marketing budgeting. It normally goes for actual artistic, you know, achievement. Whereas you know other award shows for games sometimes don't. So I'm very interested in Path of Exile right now because if it's as good as people, if if it's good enough to win a BAFTA, then over that competition, it's got to be pretty good, right? Yeah, I'd assume so. Uh, James, have you played Path of Exile? I have not. I've only just heard of it. Um, okay. And. The- Part of me says, I wonder if this was one of the awards that was voted for by the public and therefore potential. As I understand it, it was um, only the mobile category that was not, that was voted okay. for by the public. It, I yeah. mean, it looks very nice. I've just never heard of it. Okay. Um, and fair play to the judges for choosing the lesser gone path. Indeed. The lesser gone path of exile. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's why you are who you are, James. <laughs> uh, yes. Family game went to Untitled Goose Game, yeah. which is fine. I'm cool with that. Untitled Goose Game is wonderful. Yeah. Um, it, it beat Luigi's Mansion 3. You'll be glad to know, Sean. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the Game Beyond Entertainment. Now, this is an interesting one because I think we did call this. I think we said that Kind Words, Lo-Fi, Chill Beats to Write to would win, and it did by the amazing guys at uh, Pap Cannibal. And I haven't played this yet, but all I hear is amazing things about this. So, good win. Yes. Cool. Deserve it. Fantastic. Uh, Death Stranding was nominated in this. I remember that now. Oh, yeah. Is, is that not the one that I said that for as much as I hated the end game and then quickly went off of it, I think it was still good for the original concept? Or was that a different category? I can't remember. Maybe. I don't know. Did you uh, Did you enjoy Death Stranding beyond entertainment? Did it give you a... Oh, God, no. I fucking, hated it. I fucking hated the end of it. No. I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, game right. design from... Uh, Fabri's U, Control, Disco Elysium, and Sekiro was won by Outer Wilds yeah. from uh, Mobius and Annapurna. Have you played the Outer Wilds, Greg? No, I played the Outer Worlds. Yes, I played the Outer Worlds also. <laughs> Not the other played, one, no. <laughs> I haven't played Outer Wilds yet. It's, uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those games that's always kind of like on my, in the back of my mind. Like Everyone says it's amazing. I need to go and jump on it. So um, I think I will soon. It was an Xbox exclusive for a while, so I was waiting for it to come out on. PS4, and I believe it has now. So, give it a go. It has. Awesome. Alright, we'll get on with that then. Uh, multiplayer went to Apex Legends, which was a good shout for Apex. Yes. They've had a hell of a year. Good for them. Um, it did beat TikTok itself for two from Other Tales, which was uh, which yeah. was sad, but it was amazing that it got nominated against these guys. Mm. Um, if you haven't played TikTok itself for two, you really should. It's really cool. It's, uh, yeah. it's a multiplayer unlike anything else. Uh, music went to Disco Elysium. I can't comment on that because I don't know what the music's like, but good for them. It did beat some... Death Stranding though, so it did beat... Uh... Sorry, James, go on. Uh, the music's done by British Sea Power for Disco Elysium, so it's I... got proper credibility amongst folk who like that sort of thing. That's like getting a proper band to do your music. Like That's 30 days, 36 days of static, like a level of getting a band to do your... Not, not quite as impressive as Low Raw, though. <sighs> Death, <laughs> Death Stranding, eh? And Low Roar. Kojima loves them, what can I say? Uh, yeah, so uh, good for Disco Elysium there. Uh, narrative also went to Disco Elysium. Man, we need to play this game. Is that on consoles yet? It's not, is it? No. 
It's in development. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. I shall wait patiently for that one. Uh, that one beat out The Outer Worlds, which is kind of a shame. Uh, didn't get nominated an awful lot of The Outer Worlds, which I thought was quite strange. But, yeah, it's a good game. Original Property went to Outer Wild and Performer in a Leading Role. This was an interesting one, I thought, because there was a lot of really cool people nominated. But Gonzalo Martin, who was as Sean Diaz in Life is Strange 2, Episodes 2 to 5, and presumably Episode 1 as well, uh, won. He took the BAFTA over Laura Bailey and Courtney Hope and Logan Marshall Green. Uh, Sean, you played Life is Strange 2. Is that yes. A, is, that a, is that a good win? That is a good one. That is, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, until, until I'd played the game, I'd seen all the trails and thought, eh. But when you actually play the game, you realise that, you know, all the performances are actually really nailed down. Not just his, but everyone in the game, really. Cool. Some really good vocals in that game. And if you get a chance to see his acceptance speech, you really should. It was very funny. <laughs> um, he, was, he, he was genuinely, genuinely amazed. And yeah, it was just, it was just nice to watch. So feel good, go check it out. Uh, Performer in a supporting role went to uh, Marty Sosalo, who was the janitor in Control, which is the one that we called, I think, in this in this category. We did uh, because he was uh, he was brilliant. Technical achievement went to Death Stranding. I mean, I guess you can't really argue with that. It was quite a quite a feat of engineering. Yeah, it did look. It does look amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well done, Kojima. He's got a big future ahead of him. That guy. Didn't he yeah. win? Didn't he win something else? Didn't he win like a like a lifetime award or something? Oh, yeah, Kojima got the fellowship. Fellow, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. yeah Death Stranding was a technical achievement that Kojima managed to get a game out in under a decade. That's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's to be said. Sorry. I'll go back on yeah. the Morocco. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good for uh, good for Kojima. He'll be all right. Yeah, he won the fellowship as well, and there was a lot of people uh, saying how much they loved him in the video. It was really sweet. It wasn't. It was weird. Do you think he paid them? <laughs> Maybe. Troy Baker, Edgar Wright, all, the, uh, all those people. Um, the EE Mobile Game of the Year, which was the one that voted for by the public, was Call of Duty Mobile. We called that, didn't we? Over uh, What the Golf and Assemble with Care, which, uh, Paul, I know you were big fans of these. Yes. Assemble with Assemble Care is such a strange game. You it's, it's like Firewatch was like a puzzle game. It's kind of what Assemble with Care is. It's just a beautiful little, little game that you can just sit on. I don't think it worked so well on a, on a big screen console, but on a little phone, you tap it away, where you just laying in bed or on a bus or something. It's it's just charming. I love it. It's really, really good. I hope they bring out another one. Assemble with Care just released on PC. Yeah, I don't think it worked on PC, though. It's like... I'm, go on. I, I'm on the bubble. Why, why, why would it not work? Well, the thing about Assemble with Care is it's. I know it has that kind of privacy of reading the book. So you're reading the book on a train, reading the book in bed or whatever it is, and it's your little world you're in. You're in that kind of little bubble. Try reading that book on a big screen, you just lose everything. Right? You lose that kind of that kind of immersion. And and because I don't know a big screen, you probably have to use a mouse or on a phone, you have to use your, your hands and your fingers. It just feels more tactile on the phone. I just honestly, I don't. I mean, you know, I'm fairly coming out in different, different um, uh, mediums, or whatever. But I, st- I think it loses its charm. I really do. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. That was the that, that was such a good answer. Oh, thanks, Just man. saying. <laughs> I'll, I'll do heaven then again. Very rare, though. <laughs> and finally, uh, best game went to Outer Wilds. So, uh, yeah, well, well done, Outer Wilds. Beating out Control, Disco Elysium, Luigi's Mansion, Sekiro, and Untitled Goose Game. Really got to get on this. So, uh, yeah, those were this year's BAFTA winners. Uh, James, have you got any, uh, any thoughts on this? Are you uh, happy with the winners? Would you like to have seen uh, some games recognised more? What do you think? It's a good set of winners. Uh, it's very hard to argue with any of those choices. I've not, I've, I've not played the Outer Worlds nor Disco Elysium, so uh, they, they were both on my really want to play list. Um, but I've not got around to it yet. But yeah, I know uh, the people who played them have 
have said exclusively good things. So, yeah, it's um, yes, yeah, a nice set of winners. You can't always say that. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting that Control didn't win as much as I, th- I thought that Control was going to take a few of them. But I think they only got Best Supporting Actor, which was uh, interesting. But there we go. That's just my personal five two cents in it. But yeah, it looks like the indie uh, the indie scene really really did well this year. Yeah, I'm really chuffed that Observation won Best British Game because they're a great team and they they that's such a such a nice uh, like a, a well made game to come out of a very small team. So yeah, that's that's kind of it's great to see that recognised. All right then, let's move on to Sean's Indie Corner. Okay, so these this list is actually from last week, and we didn't do an indie corner last week. I just, but I feel like these games need a mention, and some of the, some of these might you might have seen these a lot more since last week. Their their visibility on social media has increased loads. So if this is old hat to you guys, that I'm sorry. Um, but the first one is called Bulletville by a team called Nowhere, and it's spelled N O W W A. It's a third person shooter, and it kind of looked like Fortnite, and it's got that kind of an art style. But it's a team shooter by the looks of it. Uh, it's very nice looking. The game originally had a big kind of press outing and it was being built in Unity and it looked pretty cool. But since then, they've moved over to Unreal and the game now looks phenomenal. Like, really good. Impressive explosions. They've got lots of different arenas. There's like a sci fi, you know, cable punk style one, there's a castle and that kind of stuff. Uh, there's war running and jumping and that kind of thing. And it looks like a, a very interesting game. So if, if you want to check that out, uh, head on to Twitter and type in N-O-W-W-A and you'll find it. And it, it looks pretty cool. And they're currently, I think they're heading into an open beta. So if you if you want to go and sign up, I would advise you do so soon. Uh, the second game is called Fallen Angels Shadow Over Umber. I think that's how you, how you pronounce it. Um, so this game started as a college project for a developer called Trey Powell. Uh, it was a basic pixel-style 3D shooter, and he was working with a guy called Jason Bond, who was doing the program on it. They worked on it for a while, and then they took the game to uh, South by Southwest to pitch it around to publishers. Uh, they even got John St. John to voice the villain. But the pit- yeah, yeah. He, he was voicing the villain of the game, and nobody picked it up the pitching apparently went horrible the the whole event was was like a real downer for them so they basically shelved the project then they saw that a couple of these retro style first person shooters like um dusk and like iron maiden uh, they were making a bit of a resurgence so they rebooted the project it's a retro style 3d sh- shooter but it's unlike anything i've ever seen before and I'm, as far as i'm aware it's made it's made in an engine i think it's made in game maker which I'll be honest. I've never played a first-person shooter that's been made made in, in Game Maker. It's it's here's the description of it. It's a it's set in a diesel punk metropolis rife with crime, and you play as a, a vigilante, and it looks really really cool. Like the art style, the the whole system, that it just looks like a really cool game. Um, so if you if you have a, there's there's nothing there's no press kiss or anything. That's how early this game is right now, but it's still looking rather cool. So if you want to find these guys on Twitter, that you can find them at, at Trey Powell. 1964 and at jace as in j-a-s-e underscore 21 the, the game looks very 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 cool and the third game is called i'm going to pronounce this wrong i know i am infinitesimals and i saw this game about a year ago somebody retweeted it into my timeline i was like wow somebody's making a really cool 3d movie that looks like ants or bugs life or something like that 
actually no it's a game that looks that good and it's been made by a small team it's a third person story driven action adventure where you play as tiny aliens who are only one millimeter tall who are incredibly technologically advanced but they've crash landed in a garden and they're having to deal with earth's flora and fauna so like huge blades of grass uh, like giant grasshoppers and ants and things so it's it's basically like this this futuristic sci-fi game set in a garden and it looks really cool everything i've seen of it so far looks really really good and it the visuals are like Pixar-esque visuals. Uh, it's been made by somebody called Cubit Studio, and it's got a Steam page, so it's called Infinitesimals, which I'm probably murdering, but if you want to go and search for it on Twitter, if you search for Cubit Studio, uh, they're, they're the only hit. So, And that is the Indie Corner for this week. Grand. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure. Right, don't go anywhere, because it's time for the quiz answers. Okay, let's do this. Okay, so question was... One was the name Capcom comes from a clipped compound of two words. Was it capsule computers, capsule communication, or capsule commercials? Uh, Greg, what have you got for this, buddy? Uh, capsule computers. Capsule computers is correct. Uh, question two What was the name of Capcom's first ever video game? Uh, was it 1984? Was it Sunson? Or was it Vulgus? Paul, what have you got for this, buddy? Was it Vulgus? It was Vulgus. Uh, question three, what is the highest selling Capcom published game of all time? Roscoe, what have you got for this? Monster Hunter World? Monster Hunter World is correct. Oh, yes. What a punch. Uh, <laughs> question what four. A pun. What, <laughs> what a Google. <laughs> question four. <laughs> <laughs> what is the, the working title of the unreleased game that Capcom announced during the PlayStation 4 reveal event back in 2013? Uh, James, what have you got for this, buddy? That's the only one I didn't put an answer for. Oh. Oh, no. It was deep, deep down. Yeah. Yeah. You both uh, got that. Yep. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought that was like a... Because every couple of months, there's like an update from one of the Capcom execs to say, it's not been dropped, it's still in development. So I, I thought that was, you know, a, a reasonably decent question uh yeah. question five which and Capcom... i get and I, and I and i get those emails so you know, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> so question five which capcom side-scrolling game starred a main character who had extendable appendages that came in useful when moving from one platform to the next greg i didn't know this one i wanted to say rystar but that was a sega game roscoe have you got anything for this i don't think it's uh, uh... I know it was early Capcom, but I don't think it was this. Was it Bionic Commando? It is. Oh, oh, bollocks. Yes. <laughs> uh, question six. A game being developed by Capcom as a spiritual successor to Arcade Shoot'em Up Gunsmoke before being cancelled was purchased, revived, and released as what other game? Paul, what have you got for this, buddy? Absolutely nothing. James, have you got something for this? I think it was Red Dead Revolver. It was Red Dead Revolver, oh, yeah. what? Wow. Yeah, so Capcom dropped the project and then Take-Two bought the studio and turned it into Rockstar San Diego. And a couple of years later, we had Red Dead Revolver. Fantastic. Amazing. Question seven, uh, which of the following side-scrolling beat-em-ups wasn't published by Capcom? Uh, Greg, what have you got for this, dude? Double Dragon. Double Dragon is correct. It was done by Tato. Question eight, in Capcom's Resident Evil, Chris Redfield and Jill Valentine were part of which star's team? Was it Alpha or Bravo? Roscoe, you've got a 50-50% chance on that, Steve. <laughs> uh, well, I, 
I put Bravo, and I have a reason why. If that's correct, so I can back it up. I haven't played it, but I know it. Okay, it was Alpha. Why, right, why are you saying good. Bravo? <laughs> what? No, it isn't. What? Joe Valentine and Chris Rapier are part of Alpha Team. The Bravo Team, they're going after Alpha Team. No, Bravo Team go in first. They oh. are the ones who are dead. What? Yeah, can I, can, I, can I just say uh, I put Alpha because it seems like the, the biggest deal? Like the first. <laughs> so I thought these are two main stars. They've got going for the main thing, haven't they? Can't be B to B team, can it? Well, Bravo oh. team went in first, and then Alpha team was sent in. A bunch of Bravo team they, did. Oh, what? They did. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, and you thought that was an easy question? God damn it! For it because I've, I've been watching Efa Wilson's playthrough of Resi on the Eurogamer channel. Oh, and that's I, right. And I swear. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Start that again because I've just had that. My, my world is worn out from beneath my eyes. <laughs> oh, start, start that again. Sorry. He's going to have to rewrite his entire review now. Oh, damn. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I swear I heard the word Bravo at some point. So that was my point of reference. Fair enough. That's absolutely fair enough. Um, <laughs> Why question... would Bravo in first, though? <laughs> You're sending them to a mansion and then they're waiting nowhere. It's just like a regular traffic stop for cops. And it's, oh, just just go and look at this, this mansion. We'll send the B team. And then when they don't call in, they have to call the A team in, don't they? Why am I always in the B team? <laughs> this is exactly my point. Why are the main stars of the game going to be in the B team? Do you know what I mean? Because they went in second, was my logic. Wow, my whole life is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> okay, question nine. Name two Street Fighter characters that are able to do the Hadouken ability. James? Ken and Ryu. That is correct. Greg, have you got any of the other three? Well, I've sent you my answer, so you know this, but yeah, I put Akuma, Ryu, Ken, Sakura, and Goken. Yes, that was correct. Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> didn't put, um, I did put 300 hours into Street Fighter 4 for nothing. Yeah, that's fair enough. Question 10. Name three of the famous Capcom video games that were announced for the Nintendo GameCube in 2002. Uh, so, Paul, for every one of these, you get a, you get a point. So, Paul, what, what have you got? So I've got Resi 4. Yeah. I've got Beautiful Joe. Yeah. Oh. Now this one, if I if I get the name wrong, but it's the correct game, if you know what I mean. I, no. Well, it's that, it's, like, it's like GameCube game, right? And you, you're in that kind of white robot thing. I think it's P-O-N-3 or something. But I can't well, remember the exact name. P-N-O-3. Yeah. Yeah. I got you got P-O-N-3. it wrong. You got it wrong. <laughs> P-N-O-3. Do do? I have P O N three, so I know exactly what I mean. I just couldn't think the exact name. You put it pwn. I'll give you. Three. I'll give you half a point because you you, you oh. get so close, oh, so close. Um, oh, Roscoe, any any more than that? There's two more. Um, I also had Resi and Beautiful. I also put Killer Seven. Killer Seven is the fourth. Yes. James, do you know the fifth of the Capcom Five? No, I had PNO three and Beautiful Joe. Oh, I see. You went for the two hard ones. <laughs> um, Greg, have you? Uh, do you know the fifth? Uh, is that Dead Phoenix? Dead Phoenix is the fifth. So I would have accepted. Shout. But I didn't write yeah. that on my answers, though. So no, that's fine. I, I I understood. So you got PNO three, Beautiful Joe, Dead Phoenix, Resident Evil four, and Killer Seven, and they were the Capcom Five. So if you wouldn't mind totting up your scores. We can see if anyone can beat Greg this month on this this week on a. I didn't do very well actually. No, you did not. I'm very <laughs> surprised. <laughs> Must try Is harder. It, oh, the, the Street Fighter one was that one per th- not not for me being no. wanky getting all five. Was that just one question? That was that was one question. Yeah. Okay, so one, two, three, four. Mm-hmm. Let's start with you, Roscoe. What did you get? Uh, including the the Capcom Five answer. One, two, three, four, five, eight. 
Eight. Paul? Oh, ten and a half, sorry. Ten and a half. Okay, James, what did you get? I got eight. That's excellent. That's the same as Roscoe. Great. Yeah, I, uh, I got ten. Oh, hang on, hang on. So, one, two, three, four. I didn't, I don't get Dead Phoenix, did I? Because I didn't write it down. No. Ah, oh, bollocks. So, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. No, wait a minute. You give me the answer and... Oh, I got 11 then. Well done. Sweet. What? Mm. Joint last with James from Ground Show. I'll take it. What? <laughs> Outraged. I guess, I guess no ground's been shattered in this quiz. Mm. Sorry. You're not going to come back, are you? <laughs> <laughs> you sullied it right at the end. Well, well done, Greg. Thanks. Again. I can't believe I didn't get Bionic fucking Commando, though. Awkward. I've never played it, that's why. Ah. Awkward. I thought the Cowboy one was uh, Desperados. Really did. I was I thinking know. of Sunset Riders, but that was prior to Gunsmoke, wasn't it? I thought it was uh, Juarez. And that was also that was also Konami. Also, nice. fun little trivia fact. Do you know what killed the uh, what mostly killed the GameCube with this um, Capcom 5 deal? Obviously, Dead Phoenix got cancelled. Uh, Resident Evil 4 was predicted to shift about 4 million units until about a month or two before it was going to come out that Capcom went, oh yeah, we'll put it on the PS2 as well. Yeah. And that absolutely killed the GameCube. Well, I mean, it wasn't doing amazing anyway, but that was supposed to be the deal and it was going to be amazing for them because Resident Evil was a big thing at the time. And then, yeah, Capcom went, oh yeah, by the way. So everyone that had a PS2 was going to go, well, I'm not going to buy a fucking GameCube now. Yeah, but the reason why they announced it was coming to the PS2 is because everything that they released previously had not sold very well, had they? So it was it was like a no, calculated like business. Chaos, Chaos Legion didn't sell very well. Yeah, it basically all of... was rubbish. <laughs> All of all of the Capcom Five, you know, did poorly on their initial announce, you know, yep. platform. So it was calculated gamble, you know. Oh crap! Yeah, they were the, trying to save the face, best. but it just it just pretty much pulled the the carpet out from under the GameCube, and then that was that was pretty much the sort of downward spiral for it. Which it's is really funny. It's really funny to me that the Capcom Five were intended to be the saving grace of the Nintendo GameCube. Yeah, I know. Like, Look at all the third-party support we're getting from Capcom. Yeah, but if, if, <laughs> before, before, like Capcom hit it big on the PlayStation with Resident Evil and stuff like that. Capcom were really prominent on Nintendo, weren't they? Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't. It, it was obviously like they were returning home in a sense, and then they just went, "Oh yeah, but you know, we sell a lot more games on the PlayStation." So, <laughs> oh, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was a lovely little history jaunt. Well done. Cool. I, like, I like that sort of stuff. Keep it going. Right, just time for Out This Week. And Out This Week, April the 7th, is Below on PS4, which is a game I'm very much looking forward to playing. I can't wait till that comes out. April the 8th, we've got Convoy, a tactical roguelike, roguelike on Xbox One and PS4. A Sean Davies joint, if ever I've seen one. Yes. Goodness me. Uh, Biped is also out on April the 8th on PS4. I saw a trailer for that today. It looks really good. So I think I'll jump into that. Um, April the 9th, Beholder 2 is coming to Xbox One. April the 10th, there's this game, Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's coming out on Friday. Four days to go. Is that Thursday or Friday? Six or Friday. Nine, Friday. Yeah. Officially out on Friday. Bank holiday, though. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I guess some fair point to play during the week, I guess. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Although, if you have it on physical, you have it done by uh, April the 10th, it looks like. Sure. At this rate, yeah. <laughs> uh, April the 10th, Obduction. Oh, starting with an O, Obduction, is coming out to Xbox One. That's from the creators of Mist. So if you're into that sort of thing, then great. Then, uh, then go for it. And uh, that's about it. April the 10th is Retro Tanks on Xbox One and BQM, Block Quest Maker, on Xbox One. 
So that's your love. And that is the end of the Thinking Guns podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Do follow us everywhere at FNGRGNS, Facebook.com forward slash Finger Guns UK. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. And all of our individual Twitter handles are in the description below. I want to say a big thanks to Mr. James Parker. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Ah, oh, it's very, very, uh, very nice of you to say. Fights in Tight Spaces is coming uh, this year from Ground Shatter. And Rico and Skyscrapers are available now. So do go and play them and check out our reviews on the website as well. And it's goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Cullitz. See you. And goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Until next time, this has been the Finger Guns Podcast. Yeah.